This is the Gorin Mall Podcast with your hosts TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Johnny D. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Gormore Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is your Dark Lord and Savior, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And for the first time ever, our new co-host, Big Johnny D. What's going on, guys? Holy hell, was that delayed. So, <laughs> today is May 13th, 2019. Was that right? That is. Okay. And we are reviewing The Crow, but before we get through the, get to that, fuck me, uh... Let's talk about each other's week. Chad, how was your week? <laughs> oh, my week. Actually, the past week itself has been insanely busy. I had my wife's birthday last Monday, and then my son's birthday was yesterday on Mother's Day. So I had three of those things to deal with, and besides that, just work. Uh, finally started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is actually a pretty badass game. I'm really enjoying that. And it's nice. funny because I'm sitting there playing it and there's a sp- there's a scene where you meet up with the Spartans. And my son's like, Daddy, how many of them are there? I said, 300. <laughs> He's like, no, Daddy, how many are there? I'm like, there's 300, buddy. There's a movie about it. There's 300 Spartans. <laughs> Zack Snyder made a really dark There's a sequel, one. but it's not so good. Yeah, I've right? heard that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how about yours, Johnny D? Well, let's see. Uh... Right now, I'm busy between my house and the other house, um, working on the one that I'm moving into. Uh, besides that, just freaking work and nonstop. So it's kind of nice to actually sit down and relax for about an hour. <laughs> and reviewing a movie. Uh, how's your week? Yeah, right, dude. Uh, that I watched twice within a week that I haven't seen in like 10 years. Right on. <laughs> hey, it gets us out here to watch these movies that we love, and it gives us a reason to watch them again and then like get balls deep into them. So... Uh, I really didn't do Absolutely. much this week. I worked, uh, broke out the old Halloween costume today. Got a couple pictures. Uh, those will be Saw coming that. out soon. I actually got like 18 pictures. Uh, Joe's going to be editing them down for us. Nice. Yeah. And uh, got a little video. Find that on our Facebook. But yeah, not, not a whole hell of a lot. We, I'm happy that we have Johnny D aboard uh, the Gormore podcast now. Really good right addition on. to the team, man. I And I also want to say that new intro is fucking badass. I'm glad I came over here Saturday night and helped you with it. <laughs> yes, it definitely paid off. <laughs> I think yeah, maybe dude, that, uh, dope. the Hellraiser voice could be a little bit faster. I feel like it's just a little slow, but fine tuning. Always working on, on your projects. Nothing's ever finished, like George Lucas says. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We'll yeah, go in. The special editions worked out so great. Yeah, we'll release the special edition of the, the intro. Edition. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have extra CGI. Uh, yeah, but before we get into uh, the review, here's a little message from our sponsors. Gormore is brought to you in part by A New Kind of Fear Customs. Friday the 13th inspired custom gaming controllers, hockey masks, latex masks, and collectible statues. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A New Kind of Fear Customs. Do you like photography, cosplay, and Friday the 13th? Then check out 13 Gallows Lane. You can find them on Facebook at Gallows Goes to Hell, on Instagram at 13 Gallows Lane, and on Patreon at Emily Helene. Warning, some content not safe for work. 
And we're back. Now it's time to review The Crow from 1994. I was one at the time. Uh, I just, I just want to add in here. This is just an astonishing God coincidence. God damn. <laughs> you were one? Yes. Man, I feel old as fuck now. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, you think you feel old. This, and this is just a coincidence that we did it this way, that this is the 25th anniversary of the release date of The Crow. <laughs> also... This is yeah, actually the 25th. That was pretty awesome. And this is the 25th anniversary of my senior prom. <laughs> I was at prom the night this movie came out. I would have skipped. Okay, prom. well, you got me beat then. I was only nine. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I did actually, a couple weeks later, get to see this in the theater. I was actually pretty happy about that. So actually, nice. this is one of those few movies we reviewed that I got to see in the theater. Now we have three different generations of horror fans. This is going to be cool. This is really cool. Right. So, The Crow from 1994, directed by Alex Proyas, right? Alex Proyas, yes. Proyas. Written by David Shaw and John Shirley, produced by Jeff Most, Edward Pressman, and Grant Hill. And I actually have a little tidbit of information if you don't have it in the behind the scenes later. Uh, starring Brandon Lee as Eric Draven, rest in peace. Rochelle Davis as Sarah. Ernie Hudson as Sergeant Albrecht. Albrecht. Michael Wincott as Top Dollar. Biling as <laughs> Micah, <laughs> Sophia, <laughs> Sophia Sittis as Shelly Webster, Anna Levine as Darla, David Patrick Kelly as T-Bird, Angel David as Skank, Lawrence Mason as Tintin, Michael Massey as Funboy, and Tony Todd as Grant. Grange? Grange. The, Grange. Grange. the great Tony Todd. Who, by the way, he's, his character name is actually never revealed in the movie. Oh. Well, that could be why yeah, you forgot say, that yeah, he was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's never named. Uh, Top Dollar's never named. And Micah is never named in film. Okay. Okay. Must be a uh, must be a, been in the book and then yes. transfer over. Okay. I have the book. I actually have the graphic novel. So do I. I haven't read it in a very long time, but I just remember it's very, very different from the movie. Mm -hmm. Like Top Dollar isn't the top guy. Tin, or not Tintin. Um, T-Bird. Oh. Was the head of the gang. Okay. Uh, the oh, movie. really? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, music by Chad. Music by Graham Revel, okay. which I know that name. I'm going to get on it because I know he does other music. This is what I was talking about. Cinematography by, say that name, Darius Woloski. Woloski, yes. Or Wolski. I think he's the cinematographer for Tim Burton. Really? Did you not notice the intro is so fucking Tim Burton when they're panning over the city? It, it felt... It, it it did feel a little Beetlejuice. I will go with you on that. I, I think like it kind of reminded me of that. Let me do a, a quick bit. Google search because I think I read that. Oh, okay. Now I know why the 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 musician sounds familiar. He did the um, he did the score for Freddy versus Jason. Oh shit! Okay, I knew I knew that nice. somewhere. Yeah. Wait, who was it again? Graham Revel. Or Ravel, or however okay. you say it. But yeah, he did Freddy vs. Jason. Okay, so the guy oh, that right. did the cinematography <laughs> also did Sweeney Todd, mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland, Alien Covenant, All the Money in the World. Those are Ridley Scott <clears throat> movies. Also, okay, he's Ridley Scott and Tim Burton cinematographer. Very nice. There's a guy named Gore nice. Verbinski. He's a director. Let's get this guy on. <laughs> Gore, Ver, you're, you're Gore Verbinski? Isn't he kind of like big name? Oh, he is. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, we can't get Gore oh, Verbinski. Okay. <laughs> I just realized what movie's <laughs> Hey, man. We hey. could try. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yes. Uh, 
I'm not even going to announce the guy that I'm we're getting on soon. So I don't want to fucking hype everyone up and then like he not do it. So is, is that the one you're talking about last night? In the chat? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the one that our other co our former co-host would cream his jeans about. Hey, his loss, our gain uh, <laughs> edited by Dove Honing and Scott Smith, distributed by Miramax. <laughs> Released May 13th, 1994. <laughs> Runtime 102 minutes, budget of 23 million, grossed 50.7 million, deserved more. And here's the motherfucking trailer. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, Broke, bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. You're all going to die. I love that scene. Is that Three actually died? No. Victims, aren't we all? The maniacal laughing is what I love, dude. What an amazing trailer for an amazing movie. Right? We're going to suck this movie's dick, just going to forewarn you now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's barely, it's marginally a horror movie, but we love it so much. Yeah. Uh, based on the graphic novel by James O'Barr, this fantasy follows Eric Draven, played by the late Brandon Lee, a rock musician who is murdered along with his fiance, Shelly, played by Sophia Sinis, by a group of marauding thugs who terrorize the decaying city in which they live. One year to the day after his death, which happens to be Devil's Night, a mystical crow appears at Eric's grave. Eric rises from the dead with the bird as his guide, goes on a mission to avenge himself against the top dollar, played by Michael Wincott, the leader of the gang who killed him. Chad? Yes. You want me to get into the whole behind-the-scenes yes. stuff? Let's discuss our feelings on the movie first before we get into that. Uh, yeah, that should have been brought up. Okay, uh... I love this movie. I think the story is incredible. I think Brandon Lee nails the part, especially after reading the book. Uh, the cinematography is absolutely incredible. And the lighting. I can't speak enough about the lighting. It is so dark, but yet you see so much. Mm -hmm. It is so cool the way they did this. And not to bring up Star Wars, but uh, Solo was shot in a very similar way. Mm. And it... I just really like these dark, more natural lighted movies, you know. Uh, Johnny D, we're hearing a bunch of shit on your end. If you could stop that, please. Uh, <laughs> but what do you. That's what, probably my kid upstairs. Yes. Head. What about wow. you, Chad? <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was very well shot. It was. Uh, I remember when they were filming it and it had kind of a shoestring budget, which eventually ballooned more and more as time went on, as interest grew in it. And. I guess from what I read, and the, I'll get into more of this later on, but Miramax was not the original distributor. Paramount Pictures were, and they dropped it after Brandon Lee's death. Um, I remember 
not knowing much about it at the time when it came out. And then, of course, he died and all this interest came up. But, uh, yeah, it was such a it's a fantastic movie. I mean, I love, you know, the whole back from the dead for revenge kind of angle. I mean, we covered it with the Wraith. This is by far a much better movie. Like they're both. They're like both I fun. said, the Wraith was just a crow with cars. Basically. Yeah, basically. And uh, another thing and this I didn't put it in my notes, but it was on the little trivia bits, both movies actually feature a bad guy by the name of Skank. Oh, it, you're so right. And they both have That's the same, awesome. and they both have a similar premise, the whole back from the dead. But yeah, I remember, you know, really enjoying this movie when I saw it in theaters, you know, renting it, buying it, watching it over and over again. And my wife doesn't usually like scary movies. So I told her we were covering this one. I said, Hey, we're watching the crow it's more of an action movie than anything. I think you'd really like it. So she's like, eh, I don't know. So I popped it in Saturday night and she's sitting there playing on her phone. And I noticed she keeps looking up at the screen and eventually she's sitting there watching a the movie. And so she says yesterday, she's like, you know, I hate to say it, but I really like that movie. <laughs> I'm like, I knew it. You know, you should, it. you should tell Sarah that uh, your wife really doesn't like horror movies. I think that would make her feel better because yeah. Sarah watches horror movies, but she'll only watch home invasion movies. Which I don't blame her. Like, so she's like super into strangers. That's a very specific. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that is that's that's. Yeah, I'm not. That's not even a genre. That's a subgenre. Yeah, genre. Uh, movies like Hush, Strangers, uh, he's out there, stuff like that. She's like super into, and she'll watch. But anything like slasher wise, she won't watch. Like if it has extreme amounts of gore, she's out. Uh, I put Terrifier on when we did that episode. She she held her book in front of her face so she wouldn't have to watch what was on screen. Yeah, my, my <laughs> wife isn't really into the really, really scary ones, but yeah. she'll sit there and watch them with me. Like, she won't watch Chucky. She's terrified uh-huh. of Chucky. I mean, it's just dolls. You know? Dude, yeah. mine too, man. Right? She, dude, she mine will hide the uh, old my buddy up in the attic just because it still freaks her <laughs> the hell out. <laughs> well, it does look similar That's to Chucky. That's hilarious. So yeah. uh-huh. and, but she'll watch like uh, Paranormal Activity. We watched Insidious. And, I fucking hated Insidious. I don't even want to get into that. It was half of a good movie, but we're not here to talk about Insidious. Yeah. Yeah. She actually uh, watched this and she really right. liked it, which I'm glad she did. I kind of figured she would with it being the whole action supernatural angle. That's kind of I knew she'd like it. But yeah, it was just you know such a good movie. I have a question for both of you kind of sidebar here. When we review mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, do we want to do that as a whole series? Are we doing the movie or the TV show? No, the TV show. Right. Oh, we're doing the series? I want to do the new TV Then I would show. say probably okay. the whole series. I would say we do our usual movie and then half the episode talk about the episode of Swamp Thing comes out because it's not going to be like on Netflix where they bring oh, out the go. whole That's series. True. It's going to be well, like they're doing with Doom Patrol. Well, I meant like what if we just waited till we all came out and then we just reviewed the whole thing series as a whole? No, I, I kind of like watching it. Epi- like, yeah, let's like, do it episode by episode. That way we can get okay. our reactions from that. So like leave it at the end of uh, our movie reviews. Yeah. Be like, so this week on Swamp Thing. Yeah, and that's okay. That starts in like what two weeks? Yeah, and we have a DC yeah, Universe subscription, so I'll shoot the information. I'll, I'll have Chad shoot the information. <laughs> uh, I'll have Chad shoot awesome. the information over to oh, you. Oh god! Um, oh shit! Um, I think it's Chad's big dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up because hey, uh, man, because um, that gets in the way a little bit. You know, what it, you can do? Was it Matt that asked me for the? It was Matt. Cause yeah, he wanted to watch Titans. Yeah, yeah he asked me for. I'm like, oh god! I'm like, I'll just, I'll just screenshot it for yeah. you. Yeah, I'm not writing. That out. You'll, you'll laugh, Johnny, when we send you the stuff. <laughs> but uh, have you been following Swamp Thing at all, John? No. Uh, I've been. I've watched a couple of the trailers and mm-hmm. stuff. Um. It looks incredible. Well, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, 
I kind of remember the old series back in the day, and I do. I the that. only thing I honestly remember from the fucking movies is like the scene where he feeds her his goddamn dick pickle. Dude. <laughs> dick pickle. <laughs> it still fucking makes me laugh. <laughs> it's Return of the Swamp thing. I remember but, that one. The first one was uh, directed by. Wes yeah, Craven, wasn't that like right? the yep. second one, right? Yeah, that was the was? second one. Was the fucking uh, head of Locklear there? Or whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I love the first one. Did you say, wait, you said dick pickle, right? He said dick pickle like three times. <laughs> T-shirt idea it's number 738. Awesome. Dick, dick pickle, pickle Rick. Dick, dick pickle, pickle Rick. Rick. <laughs> it's literally just a dick. dick it's like, Morty, I'm a dick now. <laughs> oh, don't give them don't give them any ideas. If, if that comes out in one of the episodes, I, we need we need credit for that. I'm Dickle Rick. Right. Dickle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got some... Uh, let's talk a little bit about Brandon Lee before we get behind some of the other stuff. Uh, his death, he died on the set of this movie. Chad's got more info coming at you right now. Yeah, so Brandon Lee died of a gunshot wound on March 31st, 1993. After I wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> after an accidental shooting on set at EUE Screen Gem Studios in Wilmington, North Carolina. The scene in which Lee was accidentally shot, Lee's character walks into his apartment and discovers his fiance being beaten and raped by thugs. So his actual death scene in the movie was the opening scene. His, his actual death scene in the movie was what killed him. But um, the actual death scene so footage, poetic. it was not left in the film. Uh-huh. They used it as evidence in the uh, accidental deaths lawsuit and then it was destroyed. So what we see on film is not his actual death scene. Thank God. I'd, I would hate to think of them profiting for that. Right. I don't think they would ever do that. No. I think that's why uh actually that's why they never made a sequel. Oh, no, that would be pretty messed character. up, man. Well, the whole, the story is full circle. I mean, it's it's open and shut. Yeah, but they said I I watched something about the crow and they said that they never intended or never would make a sequel that had Eric Draven's name in it. No, it wouldn't make any sense. Because for one it would disrespect Brandon and there's literally no there's no, there's no point else to, to go. It. There's yeah. no point to it. And, and in a similar argument, like I said, about the whole Avengers, just going on a little sidebar and the whole yeah. Avengers Endgame thing, and people were asking why the uh, Netflix characters weren't in it. And like, because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Different they, were, they had nothing to do with any of the movies. Sh- having them show up would just be a complete. It's kind of like having Quicksilver in there. <laughs> Yeah, what are they going to do? Come back and go back? And, oh. You know, I don't even want to talk about that. But, yeah. but having them show up was literally just been a complete blatant fan service and make no sense to further the story. So, But anyway, back to this. Yeah. Um, actor Michael Massey's character fires a 44 Magnum Smith & Wesson revolver at Lee as he walks into the room. Previous scene using the same gun had called for inert dummy cartridges fitted with bullets, but no powder or primer to be loaded into the revolver. For close-up scenes, which utilize a revolver, where the bullets are clearly visible from the front do not require the gun to actually be fired, dummy cartridges provide a more realistic appearance than blank rounds, which have no bullet. Right. Makes sense. Um, Instead of purchasing commercial dummy cartridges, the film's prop crew, hampered by time constraints, created their own by pulling Uh. the bullets from live rounds. By the way, this scene, in my notes, this scene wasn't even originally in the movie. It was a last minute add in. So that's why they cut corners. So, um, oh, my God. Oh, so that's unknowingly- even e- fucking exactly, worse. Exactly. Yeah. So they unknowingly left the live percussion primer in place at the rear of the cartridge. At some point during filming, the revolver was apparently discharged with one of these improperly deactivated cartridges in the chamber, setting off the primer with enough force to drive the bullet partway into the barrel. So it fired like a almost like a pop gun, like a cap gun, like it, mm-hmm. it would shoot the cork out and it fired up into the barrel and lodged there. So um, 
when it became stuck, the prop crew, either they didn't notice or they failed to realize how significant it was. So in the final scene, which called for the revolver to actually be fired from a distance of 12 to 15 feet, the dummy cartridges were replaced with blank rounds. Blank rounds have the actual powder and primer in it, but they usually have... It's like a cardboard sleeve, something like that, that just holds it in place. And that way, when it fires, you get the flash, you get the sound, boom. But there's no actual But there slug. was shit stuck in the... Right. Okay. Right. So... Um, Damn. Yeah. So when that happened, it, uh, it allows the gun to be fired without the risk of an actual projectile. The production company had sent the firearms specialist home early. Big fucking mistake. Uh, responsibility for the guns was given to a prop assistant who is not aware of the rule for checking all firearms before and after any handling. Stupid move. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the barrel was not checked for obstructions when it came time to load it with the blank rounds. Since the bullet from the dummy round was already trapped in the barrel, this caused the 44 Magnum bullet to be fired out of the barrel with virtually the same force as if the gun had been loaded with a live round and it struck Lee in the abdomen, mortally wounding him. He was rushed to the New Hanover Regional Medical Center in Wilmington, North Carolina, where he underwent six hours of surgery. However, attempts to save him were unsuccessful, and Lee was sadly pronounced dead at 1.03 p.m. on March 31st, 1993, at the age of 28. The shooting was ruled an accident. After Lee's death, the producers were faced with the decision of whether or not to continue with the film. Lee had already completed most of the scenes for the film and was scheduled to shoot for only three more days. The rest of the cast and crew, except for Ernie Hudson, whose brother-in-law had just died, stayed in Wilmington. Paramount, which was initially interested in distributing the Crow theatrically, uh, opted out of involvement due to delays in filming and some controversy over the violent content being inappropriate given Lee's death. However, Miramax picked it up with the intention of releasing it in theaters and injected a further $8 million to complete the production. See, I told you they, bu- they blew the budget mm-hmm. up a little bit, taking its budget to approximately $23 million. The cast and crew then took a break for script rewrites of the flashback scenes that had yet to be completed. Uh, the script was rewritten by Waylon Green, Renee Balser, and Michael S. Kernuchin, I don't know, adding narration and new scenes. Um, so Sarah's narration, I think, was originally supposed to be Brandon Lee doing it, if oh, I remember correctly. Okay. So they, they, had, they had to change that. Lee's stunt double, Chad Stahileski, was used as a stand-in, and CGI was used to digitally superimpose Lee's face onto the head of the double. The beginning of the movie, which had not been finished, was rewritten, and the apartment scene remade using computer graphics from an earlier scene of Lee. So I don't know if you realize this, and I always thought this scene was a little bit off. Um, right after Brandon Lee, right after he comes back from the dead, and puts the face paint on, and he stands in uh, front of the broken window, and the lightning flashes, and you see his face. Uh-huh. I always thought that scene felt a bit off. That wasn't Brandon Lee. That was his, his face superimposed on somebody else. Okay. So if it looked a little uh, off, that's why. There's an episode of The Sopranos that is like... So like... Yeah. Go ahead, Johnny. Continue. Oh, no, no. Sorry. No, like when he was falling down. So like that was the probably the retrofitted over. Like, because that looked a little funny to me too. Possibly. Yeah. Again, we would have to talk to someone from the production to know exactly what films, what scenes were used and what scenes were whatnot uh, another scene i guess uh when he's put well, that probably makes sense why they had him hiding in the shadows and everything mm-hmm. until like he actually put the full makeup on yeah and, and when he's putting on the makeup and he looks in the mirror and the mirror's all cracked that was also digitally added in that wasn't really him and so they added all the the cracks and everything to kind of hide it up cover it up a little bit so if he's in his apartment it's not nice bad. exactly okay and like i said earlier his death scene that we see in the movie wasn't him um the original scene the footage was destroyed so yeah after it was shown in court right yeah, okay so I, I really think that this guy could have been a lot bigger. Like he would have been like his dad status if he continued acting. Absolutely. I, I feel like he was just such a high caliber. And I think he, uh, 
He didn't do many films, but the films he did do, I think he, he was pretty good in them. Uh, originally, um, James O'Barr, the guy that wrote the graphic novel The Crow, mm -hmm. was originally against having Brandon Lee feature in this because the only movie he'd seen him in before was Showdown in Little Tokyo, and he hated it. Mm -hmm. But when he actually met Brandon Lee, he went on set, and he's like, yeah, this guy's perfect. Boom. You have my support. You know, you really can't tell <laughs> that he's like uh, half Asian. Mm -hmm. no. no, you can't tell at all. Uh, before the face paint, you can a little bit. Like he has a little bit of uh, like that little Asian stuff in him. But uh, I feel like yeah, he, he, he has an, he had an exotic look. He had an exotic look that you couldn't really quite pinpoint. Yeah. Like like is he is he Asian? Is he you know Italian? Is he Middle Eastern? Yeah, he has that. He had that look that you know he could pass for literally yeah. anything. And, and of course, I mean, I'm sure he had some sort of stuntman skills. I mean, his dad's <laughs> fucking Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Johnny D's big question. All right. So my question doesn't necessarily pertain to like anything that happened in the movie. But what I would like to know is, do you guys think the crow would have been as big as it was had Brandon Lee not died? That would have been like, my obviously that, that was I was hoping that's what you were going to ask. Uh, no, I feel like th his death definitely, uh, helped. But then again, right. the film it, did it, not, did not perform well. That's like, you, we love it. And the film's so highly coveted, but that only happened after the fact. This is a cult classic film. Well, it's, right. It's, it's more it of says a cult. Here that it was, it was originally going to be a directed video yes. release. Uh, when Paramount was doing it, it was going to be directed. Oh, video. really? I did yeah. not know yeah, that. Yeah. So it probably would not have been as big. Yes. Brandon Lee's death as tragic as it was definitely contributed to the success of it. And which is unfortunate because the movie is that good. It would have been able to stand on its own merits. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Like I, I'm not going to lie. So I saw it later in life. Like I didn't see it when it first came out. It was probably like, I don't know after 2005. Okay. And the first time I watched it, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I wasn't really into it. Granted, I would think I was like probably trying to hook up with the wife at the time. We were just dating. So, you know what I mean? Like obviously distracted and all, but sitting down and watching it the other day, her and I both really thoroughly enjoyed it. Now I personally wouldn't consider it a horror movie. And I know you guys don't either. It's on the cusp, right? Mm -hmm. But dude, as like a, as for like how all the superhero movies are out now, Oh my God, like it stands out perfectly in there. And mm -hmm. I think it probably holds out better today than it did when it came out in 94. If you really want to look at it from a certain perspective, this is a slasher from the killer's point of view. And a man are speaking. Oh, yeah. And a man are speaking, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this but he's more of like a... Um, Anti-hero, like Venom. Like a dark hero, like Punisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. This would be... Uh, if you could... Think of it as sort of like, I don't know, like Last House on the Left meets Batman. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a revenge I can see that. superhero kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I like The Wraith. <laughs> uh, the movie. yeah right well I, I still got some more notes to go over here guys oh, okay we basically just covered the death um says although he wasn't at fault for lee's death michael massey stopped acting for a year after this he took a sabbatical because he felt that bad uh he had nightmares mm. for the rest of his life about it that was the guy that played fun boy fun boy okay and up until his death in 2016 never watched it really I didn't even know he was dead until really. Was, yeah, so he died in 2016, and he never even seen this movie. Hmm. Oh I mean, shit! That, that, carrying around that kind of guilt. Yeah, that poor guy. Uh, director Alex Proyas originally wanted to film it in black and white to keep close to the comics, but the studio said no. That's too experimental. Nobody's going to get it. So they just 
and they were only going to have it in color and flashbacks. So, I mean, I could see keeping it close. It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. It, I mean, it worked for Sin City, so it could have possibly worked for this. Yeah, but Sin City's a little different, and I don't think... Uh, not really, because they're both kind of I think Sin, Sin City had a little bit more cushioning, though, with more superhero movies and shit, like, yeah. beforehand. Like, yeah, this yeah but, pretty, if Sin, like, but if Sin City had tried it in... Two th- I, in uh, 94 when this came out it would have failed yeah that's it what I'm it would have fallen it wasn't flat. the thing oh back then. absolutely yeah. uh none of the crew none of the crows in the film were actual crows they used ravens because <laughs> okay. ra- because ravens are bigger and have that <laughs> they have a longer sharper beak okay so that's why they used ravens originally fun boy wasn't supposed to fire the gun at eric yeah they changed that was directed the director changed that to the last minute so he's more at fault than anyone for yeah. the death uh, there's just so many factors leading up to it but yeah um it was just a last minute change that probably shouldn't have been done um yeah that was just like one fucking hiccup after another on exactly that one. there's a, there's a lot of mishaps that happened on the set of this movie there were fires and different things i can you know it's crazy like you say all this crap happened, like it was but cursed. the movie's still good yeah like yeah. it people say like well right this movie right. had a had a troubled production it's gonna be horrible what? Look at the fucking look at this movie is a prime example. Well, I, when I hear trouble production, I think, you know, cast and crew not getting along, director yeah. being an asshole, you know, actors being divas. That's a trouble production. Something like this at one accident after another. That's just bad juju. Yeah, that's not a trouble production. That's just a curse. Yeah, but they did overcome it. But unfortunately, right. it did. did they have any problems like this with the sequels? That I'd have to look into. That's probably something we'd have to look that, into. That I'd have to look into. That'll, like, that'll be on Gorenmore. That'll be on the Gorenmore discussion page if we find that out. But like I said, I've never watched any of the sequels because it's it's just one of those movies. It's just so There good. are three directive video. Wait, was the second one directive video? No, I believe it came out to the okay. There is a sequel called Sal- Salvation. No. Uh, the first one is City of Angels, City the Crow City of Angels. Then The Crow Salvation. Yes, and then and Wicked Prayer. Crow Wicked Prayer. The Wicked and Prayer there's has- even a TV series. Yeah, there was. Yep. It wasn't long lived, but there was. What is that? Like a sci-fi or something like that? I think. Yeah. I think. I completely forgot about that. Yep. But yeah, you're right. And a bunch of research. Too. And the fourth one has my best friend, Edward <laughs> Furlong. Fuck Edward Furlong. Fuck Edward Furlong. <laughs> Forever. I don't know why. I just hate Terminator him. 2 and Pet Cemetery 2 is all he got. That's it. American History X. American History X. He's excellent. He was a skinhead. Okay, all right, right, yep, yep. Uh, uh, Sorry, I will give you that one, definitely. Okay, so uh, River Phoenix and Christian Slater turned down the role of Eric Draven. Just think, we could have been in a world without Christian Slater. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, James O'Barr, the profits he made from the film, Mm -hmm. he bought his mother a car, bought himself a surround sound system, donated all the rest. Wow. Like he just within the last 10 years revealed this. He kept it quiet. He didn't let anybody know. He donated it to charity. What a nice guy. Speaking nice. of charities, uh, should we take this opportunity to remind everyone? Yes. Yes. Okay. I might as well. Uh, yeah. Here at the Do Back Discussion Network, this month is Mental Health Awareness, Mental Health Awareness Month. And we're thinking about maybe doing a fundraiser. We're not sure yet. But I just wanted to let everyone out there that you got to pay attention to your friends and your family suffering isn't always on displayed on the outside. There's a lot going on on the inside and just be there for people. Take a little extra time out of your day just to ask people how they're doing or just say something nice. You know, I, I think that could, that can be the difference between someone being alive or dead. Uh, mental health is something that's, there's a stigma about it these days. And it's just something that really needs to stop. Uh, like I said, you can't tell who, who has it and who doesn't. And you can't really, uh, 
it's hard. It's it's a very hard thing to deal with. It's a very hard thing to live with. Uh, for those who have it, they understand. For people that don't have it, they don't understand. It's just something that you have to get like to see to understand. But yeah, mental health mental health awareness month, guys. Go out there. I think there's a stop the stigma uh, campaign. Group campaign. Yeah. I think that's something that you got uh, our listeners should look look into. But yeah, just uh, say something nice. Be nice to people. Uh, if you if you have a loved one, reach out. Tell them you love them. You don't have to have a reason. But back to the review of the crow. Uh, is you got more behind the scenes for us? I do have more behind the okay. scenes. Okay. Um, uh, Cameron Diaz turned down the role of Shelley. Okay. So we almost got her as Shelley. Brandon. Cool. Brandon's father, Bruce Lee, was also accidentally shot on set with a prop gun uh, during a filming the movie Game of Death. Oh, really? That's a that, good that's movie. Not what, that's not what killed him, but he was accidentally shot with a with a prop gun. So what did kill of, Bruce? Uh, I, I think I, I think it's pulmonary edema, something like that. That's when this fucking blood pressure, man. <laughs> and there was there was this whole subplot that was cut out of the movie featuring a character called the uh, the Skull Cowboy that was uh, played by Michael Berryman. He played the uh, and he'll, uh, the Hills Have Eyes. He was the mutant, not not the not the leader, but he's the the bald one, the really oh the one that has the, that condition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he played the Skull Cowboy. Um. So I actually have some interesting info on that. It says, again, against popular belief, the Skull Cowboy plot thread was let go from production before Bernie passed away, and a new cut of the film was needed for its completion. Everyone on set had thought the costume and look of the cowboy character clashed with the rest of the film, so all of his scenes were cut. Before any of the older scenes that the Skull Cowboy... But before any of the older scenes that the Skull Cowboy thread influence could be replaced, Brandon did pass away. So... Like a lot of the movie doesn't make sense. This is why. Um, this is why the completed movie's explanation of the main character's powers seems disjointed, with a scene of the crow companion being shot while not being killed, somehow only affecting Eric's healing powers and not his mind transferring powers. No, not like that. They look different. Um, where was I? Okay, so in their full context, the partially edited, edited scenes explain the permissions of the fundamental powers of the main character in a different light. Instead of Eric's powers being dependent on the health of his companion, Crow. Sorry, uh, TJ's pulling up pictures of the uh, the Skull Cowboy as how, how it would have looked. Um, I'll send them to you, John. Instead of Eric's powers being dependent on the health of his companion, Crow, right. his powers would have only been granted to him as long as he focused on seeking revenge against his immediate killers. So the only reason he had the powers in the first place was to get revenge. Okay. Uh, presume it like the, the crow had nothing to do with it. Like it was just, uh, oh, like so it, this was the explanation. Yeah. For it. Okay. Uh, so presumably the skull cowboy was someone who was in a similar position to, position to Eric's at some point in time who did not stick to only seeking revenge and was damned to walk the earth for all of eternity when he failed, whether failing to obtain revenge or failing to return to his grave after obtaining said revenge is unknown. This would have explained Eric's vulnerabilities in the final church fight as his killers were already disposed of and he was taking up action for something seemingly not related to his murder. Hmm. So in all honesty, they had... Dude, he looked badass, though. Right. But yeah, his vulnerability was because uh, he was seeking something other than his immediate revenge. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why the Wraith got brought back. (laughs) 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 That still makes no sense. He just comes back. Yes. No reason. Uh, what else do we got, Chad? Uh, that is actually it for what I had. Okay, so we got some questions. What do we got? Douche of the movie. Douche of the movie. Fun boy. Guy was an asshole. Hmm. 
You know, I was going to actually say Fun Boy myself, but I think I changed it last minute. And I'm going to have to go with uh, Detective Torres. I thought he was just a fucking complete asshole to Ernie Hudson. He was. He was a dick. But I wouldn't call him douche of the movie. For me, douche of the movie's top dollar. Okay. Okay, I can see that. Just just, just because he's the head of the crime. I mean, he say, he tells the crow it's nothing personal, but yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Fun, right. Boy, Fun Boy was a junkie. Yeah, that's that, true. I mean, he... He was a victim of his own circumstances, I guess. He was almost as much of a victim. Yeah, he was a douche, but he was also a victim of his own crutch. Yeah. Uh, I guess you'd call it. I Everyone still- in that gang is a douche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there is uh, definitely no definitive douche on that end, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it was like a character written to specifically be the douche. That's we just kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the whole gang was a douche. <laughs> uh Chad, your questions. Okay, so what's everybody's favorite kill in the movie? Uh, when he sticks all those knives in that dude. But that happened off screen. You didn't really see it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, get back to me. <laughs> Johnny D. Uh, on, honestly, mine's not even uh, one from The Crow, dude. Mine was uh, when they killed fucking Gideon off, dude. The shopkeep there. Like, I thought that was great. Fucking sword through the throat and then fucking shot him up. <laughs> just like Tom Dollar's line, for fuck's sake, die, will ya? <laughs> um, uh, I actually liked... Like, that uh, was probably my favorite. That, I, I, that one, and I liked T-Bur's death. It was uh, just because him reciting the poem as he's dying, as he's heading to his death, and then just the explosive boom. That's the car one, right? Yeah, that was, was a pretty one. gnarly... Okay, that's my favorite. Yeah, that was a pretty yeah. gnarly one. Yeah, yeah I like that. It was very poetic. I actually really like that one. Okay, um... So is that your favorite scene, favorite kill? Yeah, I'd have to say. Okay, best scene. Uh, the resurrection. I think that's really cool. And if it's not that, it's the shootout inside the hangout. That's that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's what I'm going for for best scene. Was I was going to say conference conference table is definitely hands down mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was my pick going into this, and that still is. Um, did the opening scene hook you in? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's well, I watched it last week. It's them go panning over the city and then like. And Sarah's giving the narration. Yeah, about yeah, of course. If true love can bring you back from the dead or something. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think it, was it did. Dope. I was, yeah. It was done really well. The whole film was. so Absolutely. Well, now we come to best tits and hottest girl. And the only tits we saw in the movie was on a corpse. So do we say. I'm going to say dead side boob. Dead that was side- about it. <laughs> <laughs> so do we say Shelly? Side boob. Um, no, it wasn't even her. It was the I don't know who the hell she was in uh, top the top oh, dollar yeah. and uh, his sister with that creepy incest angle they were going. Yeah, what the fuck was that? By the way, that dude, was, with the uh, whole like I'm gonna fuck my sister. I think it was like, just to show like, like how fucked up. Are they, they just are. doing that to? I yeah, dude. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> It's like holy shit, and I kind of get the impression. Like I thought it was maybe just like a ploy, but at the same time, I'm like, no, maybe they are really fucking banging. Oh no, they had shit, and and she was like his half sister, so I guess it's halfway acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Only in West Virginia, Chad. (laughs) Only in West Virginia. Uh, So yeah, um, so that's the only. uh, That's the only thing we got was the side boob, and none of the women were really that hot. So. Okay. Oh, no, I, I, I mean, you got the Asian chick's ass. Yeah, by the way, it's yeah, not bad looking. So I'll go, yeah. You did not say that Asian enough. Oh, by ring. <laughs> so this is worse than that fucking... Uh, the du- that thing I do on Dubak all the time. The Queen Amadawa herself. 
<laughs> every fucking I, time. <laughs> I, I work with a girl. Her name's Ariana Hernandez. And every so, every so often, I'll break out the voice. I'm like, but Queen Ariana. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Next one. Um, did the score set the mood? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a pretty good score. Very well done. Oh, yeah. The score was good. The soundtrack was phenomenal. I, I had the soundtrack a long time ago. And somebody broke into my car and stole my CDs, and I did eventually replace it. I absolutely had to. I just love that soundtrack. It'd be cool to have on LP. Yeah, it would be. Okay, so Ooh. we agree the score. Okay, so that brings us to best song. What was the best song on the uh, soundtrack? Eric's song that he plays in his band. What, was, what little we hear of it. I like the, uh, it can't rain all the time. But that was, um, in, that was in the actual song at the end credits, too. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it can't rain all the time for me. Okay. Uh, John? Uh, for me, I'm gonna have to say probably, uh, uh, what was it? Helmet, I think it was. I think it's called like Milk Toast or something. Ooh, like, I think that was that my was favorite song in it. Like, that was a good one. Uh, what about you, Chad? I, I'm kind of torn because I like that song, uh, that The Cure played when he's putting his makeup mm-hmm. on and he punches the mirror, but I also like that stunt of a pilot song that's playing when they're driving around in the beginning, too. Yeah, okay. I mean, they're they're both really good songs. It's such a '90s movie. It's like the early onset of grunge. It is a very '90s movie. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, wow, this is a very '90s movie. So, um, you know, I'm gonna go with the Cure song. Okay, just it's just because that's just such a memorable scene that the song just perfectly fit with it. So, favorite character, Eric, of course, Uh, Johnny. Uh, well, you know, obviously, I mean, how can you not love? You know, no, Eric I, you know, slash the crow. But uh, my alternate, I have to go with Ernie Hudson's, Hudson's character. Ah! Dude. My like, alternate, my alternate's the little girl because she was such a little smartass. Okay, I love that little girl. John, we agree. Uh, my See, my alternate's John uh, Ernie Hudson's character also. Because that's why I like Ernie Hudson. That he's a smartass too. Is you know his uh, detective and shit like that above him and everything like that. But like he's still just a good dude and he's still trying to figure out this case, even though he's like been kicked off of it and shit like that. I don't know. I just, I thought he played it really well. Yeah. You just liked him because he was in ghostbusters. <laughs> that may be a little true. I mean, I might be a little biased on that. I can't lie. TJ told me to tell you that. <laughs> I fucking no, knew no, it. Huh? Dude, not, I mean, you had a big dick for your proton pack earlier. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got, I got to agree with I the did. whole Ghostbusters thing too. I fucking love Ghostbusters. Yeah. And Ernie, my Hudson's kids awesome. love that movie. Really? That's uh, awesome. Yeah, the original, they, the original and my daughter, I've walked in on my daughter so many times watching Ghostbusters two on Netflix. It's not even funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like my kids. Oh yeah. Great stuff. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, tell him about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? <laughs> okay, so... Um, no, actually, he'll be up my way uh, in two months at Salt City Con. So we'll have a table and shit with him. So yeah, I should see if I can get him to like, do a shout-out for the show or something. Yeah. yeah. It isn't If I'm not mistaken, isn't he at Steel City Con in August? I think. We're going to get crow shit. Yeah. Let's get crow shit. (laughs) I'm starting to lean more towards going to Steel City Con instead of Monster Mania. Okay, that's fine. Just because Shawnee Smith is going to be there and I'm still in love with her. Are we going to tell Sean Cunningham he's an asshole? I would love to. Okay, we'll just walk up and be like, yo, (laughs) your more podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and you fucking suck. But there's, Uh, (laughs) there's, there's still time for some kind of lawsuit settlement before then, but if it's not... Okay. We're gonna kick his ass. <laughs> kick his ass. <laughs> so where's your car at, <laughs> Mister Cunningham? How's that lawsuit going, you piece of shit? Where's our Jason X DLC, motherfucker? 
Where's our oh, movie? That'd be awesome. Right. That uh, is such a nightmare, that whole world. Okay, we're done with our FT13. Yeah. So like every fucking every episode. episode. Every episode. Every episode. <laughs> okay. Um, was it scary? Nope. Wasn't supposed no. to be. Wasn't supposed to be. No. Awesome movie nonetheless. Does it hold up today? Fucking right it does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it does. I mean, like I said, you can tell it's a 90s movie, but it still holds up really well. It's a cult classic at this point. Cult classic. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Excuse me. Was the acting good or bad? Excellent. Yes. John, oh, I thought it was good. Yeah. For for that it was supposed it to be seem directed video. Nothing like that. The only acting that was actually bad was the girl's mom. She but was horrible. I think she has to play like a fucked up human being. Like she's not. Yeah. She's yeah. I was gonna say like she was just so drugged out, man. Like she didn't know what the. I mean, you know what I mean. Like the yeah, fact that she came I, back to reality to make some. And eggs. really, the only scene we don't like, we see her though when she's not high is after Fun Boy leaves, and she's like cooking breakfast. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that though. Yeah, I can agree with him on that. Although I do have to say, I like the scene where she was running. And her boobs were bouncing all over the place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she wasn't. So do, the, do those win for best tits in the movie? Then, even you're though you didn't get to see them, like you're a horrible <laughs> actor, but your tits are on point. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you like the cinematography? Yes, it's fucking oh, incredible. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of um, this, this also goes along with this. I didn't put up my notes, but uh, their budget was so low when they filmed it. The car chase scenes, they couldn't actually afford an actual car chase scene. So that's all done with miniatures. No way. Yes way. That's oh. odd. And look at what they they. I didn't really? even know that. Look how well that turned out. The whole movie's done so well. It's ugh. that was miniatures. You, we have all this behind the scenes. Was the stuff. whole intro done with miniatures too, or no? I believe I feel like so. that's a miniature. Six. I believe so. Yeah, it feels like that. It's got to be. OK, so our final question. Did you like the premise? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we love the whole back from the dead. Johnny D. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I like the revenge. <laughs> Not much Dark more to say. Hero. I mean, like, if <laughs> Sorry. we agree. Now, if we all agree, man, it's cool. Uh, I mean, it can't it can't get much better than this. I mean, they do reuse the premise for the next three fucking movies. And there's actually there's uh, the little girl is actually in the second movie. Is she really? Yeah, she's. I mean, it's okay. not the same actress, but yeah, the, the character. Um, she's like the main love interest of the guy that comes back. But the other, movie. the other three, they're all different like people that come back as their version of the crow. Correct. Right. Yes. Right. And okay, for okay. Being yeah, and it's a concept they've used in the comics too. There have been different crows in the comics. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh. <laughs> Rating uh four point seven. Oh wow! For out of me. five, out of five. Hmm. Ooh. What do y'all think? I'm gonna go with a four myself. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid four. That means it gets a Gormore score of four point two. Yeah, we're rounding up to four and a quarter. Ooh. That's just, uh, years. That's four point two three 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 yep. three. We're rounding up to four and a quarter. Okay. Four and a quarter stars. Uh um, yeah. So let's take this time to shill our podcast network. Who wants to do this? Be my guest. So just a friendly reminder that the Gormore podcast is part of the Dewback Discussion podcast network featuring great podcasts such as the Dewback Discussion podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories and reviews, the Hall of Heroes podcast, your source for comic book news, theories, reviews and the Bantha Babble podcast, your source for Star Wars lore and much more. And of course, the Gormore podcast. Yours <laughs> had to throw a booyah in there. Uh, your source for horror <laughs> reviews, 
news, and much more. You can find all of those on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and the beloved dobackdiscussion.net. I uh, also want to shout out one of our fans. Uh, I call him Vit. Uh, he runs a company called East Coast Wares. You can find them on eBay by, su- by searching East Coast Wares. Uh, I'm sending him a Gorenmore hat, and he's going to send me a James Harden jersey. Nice. I think that was a, that's a pretty fair trade. Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> but, yeah, also you can find Gorenmore t-shirts and Dubac Discussion t-shirts on our T-Public store, which you can find a link on our website, on Facebook. Yeah, actually, if you just go to our homepage of our website, scroll down, click on the Gormore t-shirt, it'll bring you right there. Uh, if you can catch it on certain uh, times of the month, they're only $12, I think, 12 to $13. Yes. Yes. But normally they're $20. Uh, all proceeds to those shirts go to the Dubac Discussion Network and help us get this show to you people. Buy the shirts, get more content. Simple as that. Uh, next week, well, two weeks from now. Next week, uh, we were releasing a episode with Bugsy Hoffa of Friday the 13th, The Game, and Friday the 13th, Vengeance. Awesome. Uh, and then our next movie we will be reviewing is... Have we decided? I don't think we decided yet. Uh, I thought we were doing uh, Demon Knight. You want to do Night of the Demons? Night of the Demons or Demon Knight? Those are two separate No, it was, De- it was De- Demon Knight. They're, I think they're, uh, they're, they're both, the one, they're both on the list. Which ones do you guys? Which one do you guys? I think. First? I, wait, what? Uh, Mike from the Graveyard Shift podcast is going to join us next time. He's like one of my friends. Uh, he wants to do like a cross thing. And I, you, you guys just want to do Night of the Demons since I just got the Scream Factory. <laughs> yeah, we can do Night of the Demons. Okay, you can. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, that's a good okay. movie. I like that one. And we get to see Lene Quigley's titties <laughs> for the second time. On wait, the wait, wait, which one are we doing? Are we doing an original or a remake? Original. original. Yeah. We don't fuck with remakes. We'll talk about it okay, at okay, the end okay. of the episode, though. <laughs> but she is in the remake. Oh, that's right. She does cameo in the remake. She doesn't look that good right now. And you don't see her titties. No. Uh, <laughs> but it's like I, like I told TJ, it's okay. They're fake. They probably look the same. Yeah, right? <laughs> How old are you now? Right? Titties are still on point, though. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think at con, she should be like on top of a gravestone. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like from like Return of the, yeah. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. yeah. Also, apparently, shout out to Vincent DeSanti for one for supporting our network. And apparently at the Pop Pop Rock and Horror Con in Gettysburg, him and Tom Matthews are doing a live screening with a Q&A after. Of? Never Hike Alone? Nice. Really? Yes. I messaged him this morning. I was like, dude, I don't want to work now. Like, I want to go. When is that? Uh, I think July. Gettysburg. Yeah. We could do it. Wait. What, we when? got two cons in when? August. When? I th- it's like a weekend. I'd have to look it up again. But you know who else is going to be there? Both of them. Oh yeah, Eric Freeman. We could get our we could get our sound clip. <laughs> Gordon Moore. Oh god. Do <laughs> <laughs> oh, it. Be epic. That Slip, would be epic. Slips Eric Freeman a hundred. Can you record this for me? Absolutely. I think he'd do it for free, oh, just for the hell of it. If I told him, I was like, "Hey, I'm the guy that contacted you and you sent me shit." Be like, "Oh, okay. Can you record this bit for me?" <laughs> Like I have, I'm looking at your autograph right now, Eric. If you're listening, please, Gordon. Uh, 
<laughs> also, I forgot to say what I did this week. I got a I got the first Never Hike Alone tattoo. Yeah, that looks really badass. Yeah, and I got a sackhead Jason. Dude, that was awesome. Right? I sent it to Vincent, and he's like, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of Friday the Thirteenth, the 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 Kickstarter, no, the Indiegogo, the Indiegogo for the Jason Rising campaign is now live. They are at forty percent. But we need your help to help make this movie happen. The uh, the Gormore podcast and the Do Back Discussion Network has been backing this film since its inception. We are all aboard this film. Vincent DeSanti's behind the film. James Sweet, which I did the interview last week. Yes. Yes. James Sweet, Dan Kyle, all those cool guys. Also, those are all interviews that are coming up. Uh, more will be announced on that, our Jason Rising coverage. But make sure you go to Indiegogo, search Jason Rising, and you back that fucking project. It looks incredible. Speaking of, how about giving a big shout out to Ligature Marks? Oh, shout out to Ligature Marks, the official band of the Goremore podcast. And you can hear them on the intro with their song, uh, I think it's Blood and Fire. Uh, excellent. Thank you guys for supporting us and allowing us to have access to your discography. Uh, Carl Winery, thank you so much, man. Yeah, we love it. Love the music. Good stuff. So cool to have such cool partners in this in this world. Uh, Also, we are officially sponsored now by Creative Terror. Uh, This is going to make Chad happy because now he gets his pins at a discounted (laughs) price. Uh, (laughs) More details on that partnership coming up soon. Well, sponsorship. Just stay tuned to the Dubak Discussion Facebook. Speaking of that, you can find the Dubak Discussion Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them because anything gore and more gets posted up on there. And follow us on our personal pages, me, TJ Bowser. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Inst- Instagram. Uh, also, Chad, I think it's Cosmic Boy for you. Yes. Cosmic Boy on Instagram. You don't have Twitter? No, I don't. I, I have Twitter, but I never okay. use it. And you can find him, Chad Christman, on Facebook. John, you want to plug your stuff? Uh, I'm at Hot Pockets on Instagram, and you can just find me at John Dransack on Facebook. Dransack or Dranscock? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought it was Drank. Wait, was it Dranscock? Who, Drank's yeah, cock. who was that? It was Joe Gallo. Joe Gallo's like Dranscock. <laughs> um, it was either Taco or it was Swallow. I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, uh, we we've really got to convince him to come on here for an episode more than just the interview. That dude is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think when we do the F thirteen stuff, uh, Joe will be on here. Uh, final chapter. Yeah, I think he, he's definitely going to want to be a part of that. Speaking of F thirteen, anyway, let's get back to our F thirteen. What costume are you working on, Johnny D? <laughs> uh well currently i am doing my versus jason i know not everybody's necessarily a fan of that style but frank me being jason. a big old fat ass i figured i kind of fit the mold a little bit better mm-hmm. uh but no man just making it all from scratch just uh right now i'm on the last part which is the burlap coat which is fucking hard as hell to sew and shit but will it be ready once i get some more convention. time and everything the fuck was that? Will it be ready for our convention? What was that? Will it be ready for our convention <laughs> for a third time? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, Listen, you got three months, motherfucker. Hour, if it's not done in three months, you have a problem. <laughs> okay? You better send that shit to hey, Joe to make the goddamn coat if it doesn't I'm get done. I'm fucking hand sewing this shit, man. I don't have a sewing machine or anything. <laughs> it sucks, dude. I'll start a fundraiser for, for John for his coat. <laughs> There we go. Go fund me for his coat. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
Uh, Dude, everybody, anybody that wants to sell them coats, man, they're going for like 250 to 300 Jesus. minimum. I'm fine. And I'm like, fuck that. I'll make it. If I were you, I'd ask that uh, the guy from Horde School Customs. He does a really cool versus uh, Jeffrey something. I can't pronounce his last fucking name. Check it out. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Gordon Moore podcast. I think we shouted out everyone we were supposed to. If not, email me really mad. Uh, <laughs> but like I said, thank you for joining us. See us in two weeks and next week for an interview. Uh, that's TJ Bowser signing off. Chad Christman saying, see ya. Big Johnny D saying, see you later, guys. He lies a lifeless bride and groom Till death to us part came far too soon Buildings burn and people die all of the time But I heard that you reap what you sow So around and around we go And when you see my face you'll know You can say